Support for this podcast and the following message comes from KUST Campus Radio. A student-operated, non-commercial radio station, KUST provides students and faculty of St. Thomas a platform dedicated to creative storytelling, diverse viewpoints, and exploring a vast array of audio content. Tune in at any time to KUST at Mixler.com slash KUST hyphen radio. Welcome to The Medium, a podcast presented by Tommy Media that's all about what's happening in the art and entertainment world. On today's show, we talk about fandom culture, specifically the positives and negatives of fan discourse, and catch up on the latest news and releases. Thanks for joining us, and we also have got Josie in as producer today. Loving this new crew, getting some people in on the podcast studio. It's a wonderful thing. So, fandom. Fandom. Hmm. A very hot topic lately. Yeah, interesting, kind of fun, but we're gonna we're gonna do some highs and lows about it. Off the bat, what what fandoms are you a part of? Well, fun fact about me: I read Harry Potter for the first time in the third grade. Excellent. When I was eight years old, and I don't think you can count that as reading it because I got scared. Oh no! <laughs> I got scared after the second book and quit. <laughs> Did you eventually go back? I went back about three months later. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, and I made it through, and then I was hooked. And on Pottermore, you know, there there used to be like a trivia page. Mm-hmm. There was one point when I was 12 years old, I was on the trivia leaderboard. Wow. When I was 12. Amazing. Uh-huh. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the so extent. even now, are you still a Potterhead, would you say? Oh, absolutely. All right. All right. I, I like Harry Potter. I've only read the first two and the last book oh um i'm trying i will eventually make my way through the rest but i've always been more on the movie side of the fandom uh yeah what else is that like your main one or are you in yeah. some smaller fandoms too that's my main one i guess if we're talking about like you know lately i haven't been reading as much fantasy or books where there is a fandom mm-hmm. um i would say maybe I read a lot of The Alchemist mm, okay. also when I was in elementary school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> From there, I'm the type of person that just rereads books over and over again yep, yep. rather than finding new ones. <laughs> so I guess those are the two big ones, two only ones. Mm-hmm. No, I totally, I get that, the whole rereading thing. Well, sometimes it's just fun to go back to what you started out with. I yeah. think that's a good vibe. And those things that are so fundamental in our childhood stick with us, so it makes sense that that would go forward absolutely my fandoms i don't know i think there aren't many that have sustained over time i think i get like really into something while i'm reading it and or watching it and maybe for a little bit afterward um mm, what's one that's been kind of long i mean yeah harry potter but in the movie sense more so i have watched or i did watch supernatural through that run um not necessarily proud to admit that i'm in that fandom but i am nonetheless and i can't deny that i've talked about that show plenty of times on this podcast so i will not continue (laughs) with that um yeah i think it kind of comes and goes i've never been super dedicated to one but active enough that i understand fandom culture or at least interaction. Oh, yeah. 12 seconds on Tumblr will get you that kind of experience. And I will admit, I'm not too proud to admit that I am still on Tumblr <laughs> in our 
so the year much. of 2021. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> it's an excellent, excellent outlet. No yeah. one knows who I am, and it's great. Oh, yeah. It's like Pinterest, but for weirdos. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, so when we talk about fandom today, we're kind of discussing it. I don't know if it's a new development. We just have a term for it now, but it's just a, a way to describe a collective of fans for a piece of media, whether that's movies like the Star Wars franchise, books like Harry Potter. Um, but it's just a group of people with similar interests and then perhaps smaller subgroups of people with similar viewpoints within those interests. And it's a great thing, especially with social media now. We can really connect with people. I know a lot of uh, fandom people have met, like, best friends and significant others and people they consider family through this art and medium and all of that stuff. But also there's a lot of frustration with fandom. And I think that's what we should talk about. Absolutely. Mostly. <laughs> um, so ships. Irene. Okay. Well, if we're talking in terms of Harry Potter, there are so many ships. Most of them pretty controversial. Mm. And, I mean, in a series of books where what actually happened is controversial enough, <laughs> it's, what actually happened is enough to start a fist fight. Mm. So mm -hmm. uh, you can imagine that the ships, ship culture is pretty intense in yes. Harry Potter. And um, I guess maybe the most notable would be, like, Draco Malfoy. Everybody's <laughs> obsessed with Tom Felton. Everybody loves Tom Felton. The blonde hair, his recent skater vibes. <laughs> He's turned into a bad boy. Mm -hmm. Not that he wasn't before. That was always his vibe, but now people are just going crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I guess people shipping Draco Malfoy with Harry Potter. Hermione Dreary! <laughs> I, I was always a fan of the Draco Hermione vibe. It just makes sense. It just makes sense. It's like the whole Zuko, Katara, and Avatar. It just, it would have made sense. <laughs> would have been perfect. It really would have. Do you have any prime ships that weren't canon? Or do you have hardcore canon ship opinions? Remus Lupin and Sirius Black. You can't oh, convince me. Oh, the Marauders. Me. You can't convince me otherwise. It just, it happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can get behind that. I, I wouldn't mind some more expanding on their time at Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of a collective opinion. Everyone wants oh, yeah. Marauders content. Everybody wants a Marauders movie. <laughs> yes. I, hmm. I never really got into, like, the romantic relationships of Harry Potter. I was much more there for, like, the actual fantasy aspect. I don't have a problem with Ron and Hermione. A lot of people do. I'm not one of them. Yeah. Um... I, they're, they're fine. I feel like it was, like, obvious. Yeah. It's pretty planned out. <laughs> it's, like, the standard ending. You know? Yeah, yeah. Not surprising, um, but I know some people are really mad about that. Well, they would have been more angry with if Harry got with Hermione. That's the, that's the yeah. classic main character gets the girl. Yep. That, honestly, is one of the best things about that series is that they don't end up together. Exactly. They're just friends. Exactly. It's so cute. I, this is not related to ships, but I will stand by the fact that in the seventh movie, when they just do that like little dance in the tent, mm -hmm. such a worthy scene. <laughs> I think it should be there. So many people are like, no, get it out of here. I think it's so cute. It's a token of their friendship. Yeah, I think so. So ships basically are just fun 
playful ways for people to put their favorite characters together. But as you mentioned, there have been fistfights, literal screaming matches over ships. And my thing is, even if you don't like that ship, as long as there's nothing problematic about the ship, let people have fun. Like in Harry Potter, people will ship freaking Snape and Hermione. That's just gross. That's weird. <laughs> That's so gross. So that, no, I'm not going to condone that. But most people aren't shipping that. <laughs> um, that's where we draw the line. That's that's where we draw the line. Yeah. And I think as just kind of a fun, non-canon element of fandom, you can interact with the story. Exactly. Lot. And it's fun to explore alternate endings when certain characters that you really, really love end up together. I mean, that's why fanfic is a thing, you know? Mm -hmm. You just get to manipulate the book. Mm -hmm. I feel like most fan fiction is centered on ships, like just different relationships. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm 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 here for fan fiction. It's a good vibe. <laughs> Any other comments, Irene, for you on ship culture? Positives, negatives. You know, as long as you're not doing caps lock on the internet, I think it's all good. I don't think there's a reason. That's that's a really intense next step. If the second you hit that caps lock button, <laughs> It's <laughs> you're screaming. Now. You're screaming. You're screaming. There's no need for that. Yeah. It's like a weapon. <laughs> I am. I use caps lock a lot. <laughs> I, I will not deny that either. Um, but I can also understand the tone of it is aggressive. And in the in the right context, that can be even more aggressive, <laughs> especially between fans. <laughs> Sometimes you need that kind of aggression. <laughs> I'd say so. I will use that aggression when I'm slandering Snape Hermione shippers. They don't... Yeah, I'll pull out the caps lock for that. Oh, yeah. Oh, the second Dumbledore gets shipped with someone? <laughs> caps lock. Caps lock. <laughs> Shut it down. Um, excellent. Next example I could think of was just a very broad idea of stan culture. Standing that's exists far outside of fandom as well. Um, but this is probably one of the most frustrating things, partly because it relates to characters within a story, but also the creators of stories. Um, Song and I, a couple of episodes ago, were talking about the whole J.K. Rowling controversy, all of that stuff, um, and how do we approach her. But even creators outside of authors, um, how do we deal with their content, that sort of thing. But let's keep it maybe more particular with the characters and how I have seen, I don't know if you have Irene, but there'll be like chunks of a fandom that will quote unquote cancel other chunks because they support one character. I mean, if we're going back to the Harry Potter example, Severus Snape, he's a perfect prime example of people canceling other fans over their support for a character that, they deem to be not as great as everybody else thinks they are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or even Albus Dumbledore and mm. the controversy around him that's happening lately. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are both... Harry, you know, leave it to Harry Potter to have an example for everything. Wow. <laughs> what a controversial set of books. Um, yeah, I think those are great examples, specifically the Snape one, because people will get so aggressive about it, too. They do. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like the guy, but I can understand where his 
maybe redeemable qualities come into it. Yeah. I can understand how some people relate to that and hold that higher than his faults. And that's that's the beauty of this series, I guess, is that there's they're very relatable characters. Mm. And Emma Watson even saying that Hermione was like a creative outlet for her being able to play her true character as the nerdy girl. Mm-hmm. Unapologetically intelligent and feminine and fearless. Mm-hmm. Very, very incredible sets of characters that maybe not everyone can agree with, mm-hmm. but they still, all of them have redeemable qualities. Even Wormtail has redeemable qualities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's what makes content exciting is when it's not black and white. I mean, there's stuff to be disputed about and to be truly thought about, I guess. And the thing is, like, just because a character is... um like a villain or problematic in some areas doesn't make them a bad character. They just become interesting. They just become more human in that sense. And just because someone likes that character doesn't have to reflect them as a person. I was reading, or no, I had read the book series Shades of Magic. Have you ever heard of it? It's by V.E. Schwab. I have. Okay. So in that series, there's a character, his name is Holland. And in the beginning, he's very, uh, I wouldn't say villainous, but very morally gray, not, not a prime guy. You know, he <laughs> murders a lot. He's kind of an obstacle oh. to the main character. Yeah, <laughs> not a great guy. Um, by the third book, though, you get a lot of his backstory and his motivations for what he does. And he ends up being my favorite character of the series, and I like him as a character, I can understand that he murdered people and that he has a lot of bad things. Whether I should cancel him as a character? No. It's a product of where he's living. Whether I think that that should deem me a poor reader, a poor person? No. I'm just intrigued. (laughs) You're just intrigued by this morally gray guy, you know? <laughs> sure, he killed a couple people, but that it contributed to the series. You yeah, know? <laughs> you know, it made it a little more dramatic. <laughs> Added some substance. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I just don't think there's a way, at least in Harry Potter, I don't see any definitive characters that could be, that could lead to a fan being wrong. Oh, I can or, think oh, of one. Oh, okay. Do tell. Dolores Umbridge. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. That, that's where I draw the line. She's the only one. Come on. Even Voldemort. Even Voldemort has, like, some substance <laughs> and explanation. Explanation. Mm-hmm. And even in his villainy, he's interesting. She just sucks. Oh, yeah. I mean, at least he was attractive when he was younger. <laughs> Young Tom Riddle. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll, I'll get behind that. I mean, <laughs> they both fall under the fashion flaw of wearing one color. Uh, Except his color is much more acceptable to have one color of. Yeah, come on, Dolores. This isn't Mean Girls. (laughs) She is Regina George. (laughs) Dolores Umbridge walked so Regina George could run. Exactly. Fashionably, at least. Um, And kind of along these lines, it's really... You should be able to interpret what you're consuming. I think there's a weird... At least with popular media... It seems to me that we've lost the ability to analyze what we're consuming. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I don't know. Like, you can watch a show and enjoy it and still 
rip the heck out of it and be like, this is horrible for these reasons. Yeah, you, I think, especially when it comes to popular media, everybody is so quick to judge on it. I mean, Twitter, there's a reason why Twitter is most active at two in the morning. It's <laughs> it's not because of Trump. It's because everybody's consuming this media and then they're developing opinions on it and they just share it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, more and more people are liking on it, commenting it, and that opinion just turns into canon. Mm-hmm. And I think another issue with interpretation would be canon and how what's canon completely erases everything else and it doesn't leave any room for creativity anymore and things like i don't know draco malfoy everybody collectively agrees that he speaks french now (laughs) that was never mentioned but i go for it whatever (laughs) floats your boat like yeah french is great but what if he wants to speak german instead has anyone ever asked tom felton what he wants to speak anyone asked draco what language he wants to speak exactly yeah, canon is definitely a whole other beast to tackle. And then f- the fandom relationship with canon. Um, I have read a few uh, fan fiction stories that like will extend characters like to their children. So it's like second gen stuff that mm-hmm. would never be in canon. And to me, I'm like, yeah, that those are their kids. <laughs> and then this has happened a couple times where then the series will actually continue with their kids, and it's a, not the same person at all. And I'm like, that's not them. That's not who <laughs> I are, read in what fan are you fiction. About? What exactly. is this? I, that happened. I read a post one time where this person was so convinced that an event from fan fiction happened in the actual books, <laughs> and they reread the books, and they were like, wait. <laughs> where was this? Where is it? Where's the taxi? <laughs> we're reading Harry Potter. Where's the taxi? <laughs> I, I kind of love when fan fiction starts to supersede canon. Oh, I love it, too. It's excellent. Sometimes it's better than oh. certain parts of the book. That's tea, but also not at all, because I fully agree. <laughs> there there have been book series that I've read and been like, okay, that was fine. And then read, like, a 50-chapter fanfic. I'm like, that should have been the book. It really should have. That should have been the book. It was so much better. I think fan fiction does have the pro of, like, we already know these characters, so they don't have to do that work of, like, yeah. building that, but just in every other way. So Pe- much better. People are really creative. Mm-hmm. Have you ever written fan fiction? No. <laughs> no. That is, that's a bridge I will not cross. Josie, yes or no, have you? No, I haven't. Josie has not. What have you? <laughs> yes. Um... <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah, I I have attempted. I am not good at it, so I stop immediately. But I've I have lots of ideas for fan fiction, but I'll never write them. I'd rather put any writing time into like other stuff. But I I I, I appreciate fan fiction. It's a good way to like practice writing. Definitely. I think because like you said, the characters are already set. Yeah, yeah. You just got to be creative. Exactly. You can stretch your writing abilities in other ways instead of character development or even, like, world development. This is so off track. Back to <laughs> stand culture. Um, I don't know. I, in, in part, I understand it because there's definitely characters that just, like, hate. You know, you're like, ah, bad, no. But I would never, I would hope I would never 
totally shame someone for liking a character. I don't think, I think that you can shame someone for other things. There are plenty of shameable things, <laughs> especially in 2021. Yeah. But their choice of book is just not one of them. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. And again, if you can turn a critical eye on like a book, I'll, I can respect that for sure. Like read whatever you want as long as you don't read it as a blind reader of mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm not going to look at the problems of this. Like, enjoy it to whatever extent you want to, but also don't ignore issues or problematic characters just because you love it so much. Exactly. Or this kind of blind support that we're seeing lately. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. But then also, don't make problems if there aren't problems. If someone is shipping something because they just want to have fun with it, let them do it. Especially if it's not harmful. Exactly. If someone wants to write a fanfic, let them write a fanfic. Justice for fan fiction writers. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the moral of this story. Um, well, Irene, do you have any other thoughts on either stan culture or fandom as a whole? No, but I think everybody should explore those aspects of their life. I think you should read a very good book, explore fandoms, explore what's canon, what's not. Go for it. No harm can be done. I agree. Totally agree. Support fandom, but also be wary of the fandom waters. Uh, before we get to the latest news, just going to say thank you to Devani's Pizza and Hot Hoagies for sponsoring the medium. You can visit their Twin Cities original locations for legendary pizza and hot hoagies. For more information, visit Devani's.com. So, some latest news. I will scream about this first one. Uh, and I had mentioned this what I'm about to say, occurring about almost like a year ago. I have been updating the medium with updates about this show since it was greenlit. That would be Shadow and Bone. Wow. They dropped a teaser trailer a couple weeks ago, and it's going to come out on April 23rd. Irene and Josie, have either of you read these books or either of you anticipating the show? You know, I haven't read the books, but I did watch the trailer. Excellent. Josie? The so it's technically named after the first trilogy, which was maybe like twenty twelve ish, twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen, around there. And then it's also including Six of Crows duology, and those were twenty fifteen, sixteen ish. We're gonna go with no. Um <laughs> so just me, which is fine. I okay. This show or book series relates to our fandom discussion a lot. There's a lot of ship wars between like the three main love interests for Alina, who's the main character. And it gets brutal between fans. They're just freaking fisticuffs constantly of like this guy, no, this guy. And like, that's so related into the Stan culture of them all. So fitting that we're talking about this show, but trailer, what did you think? It was spooky. (laughs) I was not prepared. I was watching it in the newsroom, and I didn't realize the sound was on. (laughs) And so I was just looking through the notes that we're using right now, and Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it just goes, boom! And I jumped. The shadow fold. It was intense. Yeah. 
definitely a dark atmosphere <laughs> to it, which I think was expected um, for people who have read the books and know what it's going to be about. I wasn't quite a fan of the original Shadow and Bone trilogy. They're not that great. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do with those and making them better. I do, however, love the Six of Crows duology. Those are fantastic. And of course, this trailer only had like 10 total seconds of the crows, <laughs> which is fine because I still got to see them. But oh, I want, oh, I need to see more. <laughs> but also Ben Barnes as a Darkling was fantastic. Chef's kiss. I don't know. It, I, I was a mess that whole day. Well, I mean, I don't know if this is going to ruin the trailer for anybody, but when I was watching her go into the shadow and the fog, all I could think of was when Elsa went into the forest on Frozen 2. <laughs> that was my first thought. Excellent. <laughs> well, bouncing off of that, um, when Maul chases Alina, like he screams her name and they cut right after that, everyone was comparing that to the scene in... This the new after movie when Hardin Scott is like chasing Tessa in the ambulance and I'm like do not slander Shadow and Bone <laughs> like that oh no I mean I totally saw the connection so yeah respect I mean at respect. least Elsa's like cool uh yeah and a good good role model so yeah that was released everyone go check it out I'm excited for the official or like full trailer and the whole show and I will definitely talk about that in a couple months when it happens. <laughs> Our second bit of news, Bruno Mars has returned to music with, I think they're just technically a duo called Silk Sonic with Anderson Pack. Have you listened to the song or what are, you, what are your thoughts? I haven't listened to their song, but I was an avid Bruno Mars fan back in the day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people are happy to see him kind of make his way back into music. Oh, yeah, especially with the uh, Grammys. Yes. It's pretty cool that he's going to be back on the stage. Everyone's going to get to see him in a new light, hopefully. Yep. Um, all of his songs were bops. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Totally could vibe to any of them. But the common argument there was that they have all have the same vibe, which, you know, all of his greatest hits, yeah, mm -hmm. you could definitely see that. But mm -hmm. it's nice that he has a partner now. The music, everyone's going to be a little bit less focused on him mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot more variety and i'm excited to see what he does yeah i think that's a great point he'll have like kind of a collaborator now and i think he can start to like reinvent a bit like maybe stay in the same style or vibe but not as repetitive exactly as um speaking of the grammys those are on march 14th as of right now they have not happened when we're recording this but we'll see how much stock, Irene, do you put into the Grammys? You know, my best friend is an avid award show audience member. She watches all of them. So, I mean, even if I don't pay attention, it's guaranteed <laughs> that I will hear about every single thing. And mm -hmm. she'll send me clips of what happens. So, you know, I mean, honestly, I don't listen to a lot of Western music. I think... Um, it's not personally my style a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And award shows, they're so long. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I watch the uh, performances that happen. Those are awesome. They're always amazing, mm -hmm. regardless of which show it is. And I like to see the chemistry between the hosts, 
when there is chemistry. <laughs> it's kind of brutal when there's not. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. But um, personally, I don't make bets on it. I don't know who's nominated. All I know now is that Zayn Malik isn't <laughs> via Twitter. That's that's all I know now. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I've never been one for the Grammys, per se. Um, the Oscars are where it's at. I, did, I, I do watch a lot, or I try to keep up more with the like film award shows um i i like the performances like you said that's always kind of fun see who they who they pick what they do with it um but yeah probably won't really watch yeah. it honestly. well <laughs> lately for the past couple of years that billy eilish has been in them very exciting because of her yep yep that's true i mean i i like i like her her yeah. music she's kind of fun she won a lot Oh yeah, Last uh, that year. was crazy. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, but she hasn't really released too much new music. She has a couple singles since then. Um, I don't know what she's performing at the show, but I don't know either. I guess we'll wait. <laughs> Moral of the story: Billie Eilish is great. <laughs> Love Billie. Stan Billie. Stan. <laughs> Stan Billie Eilish. Um, and then our last bit. They just. I don't know who did. I don't know who releases this or if it was just a compilation of network by network by streaming service, yada, yada. But there was a whole list of like what shows are being renewed and canceled. Um, I don't watch many sh- or I don't keep up with many shows. So I normally don't pay attention to this, but I thought I would give it a scroll through. Um, and the ones I pointed to or took away from it, one was Peaky Blinders. I love that show, and I knew that they were making their sixth season. I didn't know the sixth was going to be the last one. I think they, like, kind of decided that during the COVID pandemic, with, like, when their production got stopped. They're like, hey, let's finish it here. Apparently, there's room for it to continue, maybe in, like, a spinoff or something. But I'm just kind of bummed. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that to be the last season. Do you watch that show? No, but I get what you're saying. It hits particularly hard when you didn't know that the last <laughs> season was going to be the last. You know, it really does. Got just pulled a fast one. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other show I was surprised, honestly, to see ending was The Walking Dead. Me too. I watched that consistently, I think, through season six or seven, maybe, and then called it quits because it was just going on and on and on and on and on. But it will be after 11 seasons. How Have you kept up with that show or just... I cannot do things that are <laughs> scary. Uh-uh. I watched a trailer for it maybe once mm-hmm. for some random season. Scarred for life. No way, really. Cannot do it. <laughs> cannot do it. That's why... So you're okay that it's ending. <laughs> you know, I'm okay with it, but I know some people around me are pretty bummed about it, so... Yeah. Probably won't be watching Shadow and Bone past, like, the first 12 minutes. But, you know, usually that's my goal. 12 minutes and I can do it. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you the updates. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to think what happens within the first 12 minutes of Walking Dead pilot episode. Um, Domestic bliss. <laughs> that's quite the op- A police chase. Um, a shootout. The first, like, 10 minutes are normal life before the zombie stuff. So you can make it through that. And then he wakes up in the hospital from like a coma or just like being knocked out for however long. And then he's walking through the hospital and you don't like see. So I think you could make it through him leaving the hospital. (laughs) 
maybe stop. All the important parts. So don't see anything with zombies. <laughs> yeah, no zombies in The Walking Dead for me. <laughs> no zombies. Um, Peaky Blinders isn't scary. It's a story. It's like definitely a little gory and maybe a little bit of like mature audience kind of vibe, but not scary. Um, yeah, Shadow and Bone. I don't know how spooky they're going to make that. I know the books made it kind of like a tough, gritty world. And then there's like the monsters in the shadow fold. But I, I assume they're going to go for a darker vibe there. Yay. All of my favorite <laughs> things. <laughs> Were there any shows on that list that stuck out to you? Or at least that you're happier being renewed at all? Well, actually, I'm pretty surprised about The Walking Dead going back on that. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, 11 seasons? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Especially with, um, lately, a lot of good shows have been canceled or just ended. Like, Jane the Virgin's over. Um, Fuller House has been over for a while. Mm -hmm. The Walking Dead, 11 seasons, Game of Thrones. Just so many of these huge shows that everybody has kind of grown up with or they've constantly been getting renewed for new seasons and it's just, like, you expect it to be going on forever. Yeah. I mean, now what? <laughs> now what? How are we going to replace those shows? Or how are we going to move on from that? You mm. know? I think that's actually a good point. Like when Game of Thrones ended, despite the ending maybe not living up to what people wanted, there was kind of like a hole then that needed to be filled. Exactly. With some, I don't, I don't know, book, another some, movie. Some new thing. And, you know, um, I was talking about in my journalism class that, People suspect that Game of Thrones is the last show that everybody in the world collectively watched, regardless of mm-hmm. beliefs or personal preferences on like genre even. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that Game of Thrones is the last show that really everybody has watched or will watch. Yeah. I mean, that did kind of become just this universal thing. Yeah. Everybody watches Game of Thrones. Yeah. And if they haven't watched it, they at least know about it or, like, maybe know some characters from it. Yeah, that's an interesting point. And I think that lends itself even more that it has huge shoes to fill or at least not to replicate it, but find a way to maybe achieve that again. Exactly. I don't know what it takes necessarily to achieve that. Well, and then, like, on this list, then there's shows like Grey's Anatomy that's renewed again. Uh, again. What again, season are we on? They just renewed 17. And I think 17. it's either in 15 or in 16 now. And, like, I know a lot of people like that show. And I'm <laughs> sure it's got to have its perks if it's going on this long. But what more can you do? I don't know. Somebody else is going to get pregnant. That's my bet. It's always the baby. Probably. That's mm-hmm. that's a great point. You know, I love... Sandra Oh, she's great. Mm-hmm. Korean American represent. Yeah. Love her. Queen. But watching Grey's Anatomy, just <laughs> the idea of it stresses me out. <laughs> yeah. I'm exhausted just thinking about it. It's just so much content. Exactly. How are you going to keep up? I have known people who have watched it all in like a month or two. I don't get it. Like, granted, it's not my kind of show. Like, I would How? never elect to watch that show. <laughs> And I shouldn't really talk because Supernatural had, like, 15 freaking seasons. Um, but I just... I don't know. It's huge. Their their days must be a lot longer than 24 hours. <laughs> I think so. I want to go on their calendar. <laughs> well, and even considering, like, yeah, Game of Thrones had, what, seven or eight seasons? But there's only 10 episodes? 
Whereas Grey's Anatomy is a TV network show, so it's going to have like 24 episodes a season. Yeah, they're only 45 minutes, but that's still substantially longer than like streaming service shows. And I think part of it is that like you can look at Game of Thrones as a series of movies Mm, where you know that it's going to be this long and it's going to end off there. The thing with TV shows, I just don't have the patience because you never know when it's going to end. You never know when another cliffhanger is coming by. It's just going on forever same with them i'm watching working moms on Mm -hmm. netflix that's a show that's coming out with their fifth season soon excellent um the trailer just dropped for that if you want to check it out but um so many cliffhangers and i want to know what happened (laughs) (laughs) like end of season cliffhangers or even like episode to episode end of season Oof. yeah it, it was brutal yeah couldn't do it that's also like the best though and you're it like, is. oh, shoot, I need more. They know what they're doing. It's I'm true. definitely going back for the fifth season. There you go. That's good. I'm keeping Netflix just for that. <laughs> just for that. <laughs> I don't understand. This is like, obviously, I'm sure you could do research on this. I don't understand how streaming services determine what gets canceled or not. Like t- TV networks just literally have to figure out what they can fill in the time slots and like yeah. what they want to stick around, what's bringing in ratings. And I'm sure with streaming services, it's still view based compared to like how much money they put into it but i feel like there's still so many good shows that just don't get renewed it's yeah you know that's the thing with netflix having that whole controversy of how they're monopolizing the tv industry or like netflix is hogging all of the um good shows or Mm -hmm. how streaming service shows shouldn't be a part of award shows Mm -hmm. and they shouldn't be able to be nominated just because I mean, it's a very intense, speaking of stands and fandom culture, I mean, that's definitely a thing for TV shows and streaming services. There are people who will battle it out over Netflix versus Hulu. Mm -hmm. What is there to battle? I don't know, but (laughs) (laughs) that's definitely a thing. Yeah. No, that's definitely true. I think it's kind of tough, especially with the award show aspect, is TV is just changing. Like, I don't even know if I would consider streaming services to be TV. Oh, d- I don't. It's just a different type of film at this point. Exactly. Um, And that's totally going to change. I wouldn't... Well, I don't know if you can, like, create a new award show. But I wouldn't be surprised if, like, new categories were brought in to, mm-hmm. like, redefine the lines between TV, as in TV networks, streaming services, and then, like, film. Yeah. Well, that's something we should do. Tommy Media Award Show's coming soon. Oh, we are going to do it? Oh. Hmm. Yeah, that could be that a could new be thing. That could be kind of fun. And we all, I, I don't know if we should like somehow get a collective, like use the, I don't think we should use the nominees other award shows have. I think we should come up with our own. And mm-hmm. then we just have a whole staff vote <laughs> on it. I think that would be excellent. We make it a whole, whole thing. Oh, yeah. I'd be down. <laughs> But then, what if I don't stand someone else's pick? Or whoever wins. Fist fight. Fist fight in the newsroom. <laughs> Justin versus Maddie. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's the do it. The crown should have won. No, the Great British Bake Off. Oh. <laughs> two, two of the greatest things that ever came out of Britain. Oh, I know. <laughs> Excellent. Good job, Netflix, with those. It's great. Anyway, yeah. That's a whole other conversation of just like what gets renewed what's drawing fans what's worth getting renewed versus what actually does 
on and on and on. But oh yeah, like moving away from Queen Elizabeth versus Mary Berry, I think that that would be a fight I would watch. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll support that. I think another thing when we're talking about different types of uh, TV medium would be in the topic of award shows. We're also talking about the more modern digital if we're talking about digital art, mm. I would say that streaming would be that digital art in the conversation of, is that art? Is that TV? Mm. Yeah. And also depends on your definition of TV. I mean, <laughs> is TV anything that comes off the screen or mm-hmm. what's your definition of that? Like I watch Netflix on a TV screen. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't think it's TV though. <laughs> and, and we're in a world where you can stream CNN. So yep. is yep. that TV? Mm-hmm. Well, and even bringing then in the the definition of art to that, it just, that just complicates it even more. It does. Because, like, I think of movies. There are movies that are films. Like, <laughs> films. You're like, this is, a, this is a masterpiece of cinema. And then there's one, like, that's just a movie. Yeah, There's that's such true. a distinction. But it's it's still an art form. It's still cinematography. It is. It's just the difference is the hand motion that goes along with that. <laughs> am I gesturing <laughs> like I'm in a Shakespeare play? Mm-hmm. Or am I just... It's a movie. It's a movie. Eh. <laughs> eh. It's a movie. Yeah. I, don't, mm. I don't know. Even with shows. I think it's a little harder for shows to be considered art because there's more of it. Yeah. Like you can have a two-hour movie that's so clean so precise, so creative and artistically done that you're like, yeah, that as itself is an art form. But how do you do that with a show? Especially like TV network shows. It's a lot harder to do. Close your eyes and pick one, I guess. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I yeah, I guess that's true. Or even like you can go episode by episode maybe. Possibly. That would make nominating a lot harder. Would you nominate the entire show or would you nominate one episode? Right. Do they have episode categories? I don't think they do. I don't know. I think if anything, it's just like season or like that show for that year. So a season. I think an episode by episode thing could be cool. It would be. But then uh, people like me would just forget what happened. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's like what part are you looking at the story of the episode? Because some episodes are very dependent on the rest of the show's plot. Sometimes they're not. Like, I don't... Sometimes they're really random. Like, shows like Fuller House, where's the correlation? <laughs> I don't see it. Yeah, why exactly. Did, why did they get back from Japan and just nobody knows what's going on anymore? Like, <laughs> I, Also, where's Cosmo? He, the family dog was not Where in the show. Was not in the show for the last, like, I don't know, couple episodes. He just wasn't a part of the show. And I was like, where is Cosmo? We're not going to talk about that? He's the lead. He's the star of the show. <laughs> Justice for Cosmo. Get him exactly. back. Well, and I... there's Now there's that whole debate of shows that are, like, plot-based. Like, every episode is connected and building up to one plot. And then there's the shows that are maybe not as heavily narrative based so they can jump like the one a week crime shows versus game of thrones um i think they both have their place and they can both be very good but on like an episode to episode standpoint i don't know i feel like you'd almost be able to hype up the one weekers more so than the 
plot ones because those might not make sense right. outside of their plot. And the beauty of that, the beauty of the one weekers is that you can start watching from anywhere and it yeah. makes sense. Yeah. That's that's part of the reason why I don't watch Grey's Anatomy. Like, <laughs> there's just too much. It won't make sense. Yeah, there's too much going on there. Um, one show. This is the last thing I have to say about that. But one show that kind of does both was The Witcher. I don't know if you watch it. It is a little spooky. It's got some <laughs> monsters and stuff. Um, but there was this whole overarching plot through the whole season. But then there would be like weird intermittent episodes that were just so funny and like comical and totally off plots or at least like timelines within that. And I'm like, how does this relate to him finding this child that he's supposed to like? It was so strange, <laughs> but then it would always like come back eventually. So I think if shows could like do that, that might be cool. But then that just complicates this whole question of episodes even further. Yeah. Well, one show that never disappoints anything from previous kids <laughs> slaps. Curious George never disappoints. You will never be confused while watching Curious George. Where I... are the awards for those <laughs> shows? Justice for George, the man with the yellow hat. Come on. Dream partner right there. The man with the yellow hat. Get George an Emmy right now. <laughs> he, he might already have one. We don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to look that up right now. Well, but Justice for does Curious. I'm about to tell you something that could ruin your life. Oh, no. Curious George doesn't have a tail. Not going to lie. Just as I was typing in does Curious George, the first like insert was <laughs> have a tail. It genuinely baffled. I saw it on Twitter and I was like, he has a tail. He's no. a monkey. Freaking tailless monkey over here. Um, Curious Dor- George has won an Emmy <gasps> before, which is outstanding. He deserves it. He deserves all of well, it. That, uh, it was, uh, that's nominee. I want winner. Oh, here we go. For a daytime Emmy award, winner for outstanding children's <laughs> animated program. I thought you were saying outstanding performance. <laughs> yeah, have you seen George? <laughs> Excellent. Uh, that was in 2010, and then there was another. They won again in 20, 2008 for the same animated program. Love to Are the see daytime it. Emmys different from the regular Emmys? I guess daytime is just like child version, because you Does know that also include like soap operas. <laughs> <laughs> Days of Our Lives and Curious George are in the same category. Yeah. Daytime Emmys. Yeah, that's like. A thing. Maybe I should watch those. Maybe we should endorse the daytime Emmys. <laughs> that should be what we want. I don't even... Yeah. So the medium supports daytime Emmy Awards. Specifically Curious George. Specifically Curious George and other PBS Kids shows. So check those out. <laughs> I don't know if you can find them on any streaming services. Streaming services. PBS Kids has like their own app. Excellent. You can watch them. I haven't. <laughs> that'll, that'll be the only streaming service I watch from here on out. Oh, yeah. Forget about Netflix. Forget about who needs Netflix or Hulu <laughs> or anything else. Give me PBS. <laughs> well, Irene, it was a pleasure talking with you. I appreciate you coming on to host The Medium with me. And to everyone listening, thank you for joining us again. And we'll see you in or here. Listen. You can listen to us <laughs> in the next episode. Yeah, we'll sense your presence in the next episode. Yeah.